Hello everyone, Derek Floyd here, Beautiful Now Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Chasing the Impossible. Now this is the segment where I interview special guests who happen to have accomplished impossible things along their journey to remind you that no matter what you're chasing, no matter what your dream is, no matter what you're reaching for, if it seems impossible, if they can do it, then you can do it too. And if you enjoy that type of content, do me a favor, hit a pause right now, real quick if you can, pause, and hit me with a like or subscribe to the channel. This lets me get the most updated content to you as soon as it's available. And most importantly, if you really enjoy what you see here, please share it with a friend, because my goal is to leave everyone uplifted, encouraged, and inspired. Now, today's special guest is a 21-year-old Christian top music artist hailing from Nashville, Tennessee, who's been in the game for almost a decade. And you'd think, 21? Well, she'd been writing songs since she was 13 years old, and she's going to tell that story. But even deeper, she's been in the game with a couple of great records out there and had great success with over 200 million global streams and 50 million YouTube views. Wow, that's a lot of people watching. So if you've heard some of her records like Better For It or the big one, Broken Prayers, even the newest ones like Fighting For Me and God Sin, I tell you, this young lady's got a great story and a great voice to match. So if you're a fan like me of great Christian music, you definitely want to take a listen to this story from our new friend, Riley Clemens. Riley, are you there today? Talk to us. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> What's going on, girl? What's happening? We're just soaking in the beautiful day. Excited to be talking to you. Ah, uh, see, you make me feel all good. <laughs> I get teary-eyed about that. You have to. See? Life is short. Make each other feel good. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. And you've been you've been on tour, doing some dates, right? So you're just getting back. Getting back into the swing of things, which honestly is crazy. It feels wow. like after after last year, it's been a bit zero to hundred. But I'm really grateful. It's been wow. it's been a really exciting couple of months. Well, I got to tell you, all of my, my fans here, all my family are so jelly because we get to talk to you today. We've all been big fans. So super excited that you just took a few minutes to share some of your story. We appreciate it. Of course. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> it's all, we're all family, right? Like it's exactly. all connected somehow, some way. So that's somehow, that some way. So let's just crank up with the very first one, which of course is music's obviously been a huge part of your life. I mean, and you started when you were 13. Is that what I'm saying? How did you convince your parents that you were serious about music at 13 to have them go the distance? How did that happen? This is a great question. And at the perspective I have at 21 now is, is really, I, I ask the same question all the time. I honestly think it was one of those, one of those situations where faith played just such a massive role because otherwise it doesn't really make sense. But I had grown up, my first exposure to music was hearing my mom sing in the choir at church and I fell in love with this rich southern gospel music. I'm a Nashville girl. So <laughs> Yes, was, you are a girl. <laughs> yes. I was around the Southern gospel music and I and I really did fall in love. And so mm -hmm. in that sense, I had been singing and had been, you know, inundated with that world, living in Nashville. I loved it. It felt like a very natural organic thing to do. I guess growing up in a, in a city that is so music focused really makes the idea of being a professional musician or artist less taboo. So, um, so when I met my manager at a choir concert in Middle Tennessee in the eighth <laughs> no. grade. Wow, yeah, eighth grade. He's there to see his daughter. Mm -hmm. I could see little Riley in the eighth grade doing her thing. 
go. Oh, I was just, I totally <laughs> took that little solo and just ran. Um, uh, so it was, it was really, it was really special and it was crazy. He ended up coming up to my parents after the choir concert and the rest is history. He's still my manager to this day, but it, it definitely out. propelled me into the industry. And your folks were like, who's this joker coming up to me talking about my daughter? wants to go do music, and you were like, yes. And they were like, okay. Did they take some coercion for them to go, let's figure this out? My parents are details people, so they want all the details, which has served me really well, especially, you know, I'm 21. So it's I've just lived a couple years in this, this brave new world of not being a minor, which is really <laughs> crazy to say. But, you know, as a minor in the industry, my parents were definitely very involved in, you know, in all of the industry side of things, the legal things, which is really, really great to have parents who are supportive, but also smart. Um, it, it played a, it played a huge role in letting me have the comfort to just create and, and do, and do what I loved. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, were you, always musically tied to the dreams of just music or was faith incorporated in that from the beginning or were they separate? Did they come together? How'd that work? Uh, the way I look at it, this is a great question is, you know, faith is the center of my life. It's the center of everything I do and every thought I think. And, and, and that sense the word, you know, it, it was naturally such such an inclination for me to include my faith in the music that I was creating. Just like I was including the questions about self-worth and, and the questions I had about doubt in relationships. It was all such, it, it all felt so natural to include in the music just because I was writing authentic stories of what I was experiencing. And that's still the goal. So I think in, in that way, it wasn't a decision. Well, I am going to write music that is that fits the genre it was always more of a well i'm gonna write honest stories about my faith being that's the way that i view the world that's my that's my life point of view i like how you said um you were writing stories at first you began mm -hmm. to write what you were feeling about what you were seeing in your world and as you started to do that did you did you go man i'm gonna be a really cool songwriter or were you just expressing yourself early on to see what that felt like you know no. Oh gosh, no. I never had a moment. Wow. I'm a writer. I can do that. I, I mean, <laughs> I could be wrong, but I feel like most songwriters don't have that moment or if they do, it comes later, <laughs> later in the career part, part of it. But I, um, I think really it was just, I, I loved music and I loved the idea of, of writing stories and telling stories through music. So I, I dipped my toe in the water and I still think I'm doing that. You know, I'm just, I, I'm writing what I know. I'm writing a natural continuation of what I loved. Mm -hmm. And see, I've only known you for a short time that at my good friend, Mr. Ted speaks very highly. Ted is one of your producers, Ted T. Good friend of mine, shout to Ted T, my boy. Um, he's in just a yeah. short spell I've met you and talked to him. You're an incredibly grounded young woman. Depend, you know, concerning considering what you've walked through at 21 and the whole madness of being a, a young pop star, blah 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 blah. You know, i.e., Britney, i.e., all that whole world. How do you feel like you 
balance that? You know, how did you do being a, a normal kid in high school and still do this whole brand new world of being a pop star at 15, 16, 17? How'd that work? Mm. <laughs> I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because obviously you made it and you're not whacked out, but yet yeah. you're enormously successful. But you I, got through that space of being a teenager. It's a great, it's a great question. And it's, it's incredibly tough. I think the teenager specifically, I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. I feel like 21-year-old Riley would think about it that way with the knowledge <laughs> that I have. But at mm -hmm. the time, it was very much um, I would go to school during the day and I would take math and English and all my classes. And at the time, I got permission from the headmaster at my school to, to do a work study which I mean, I didn't know what that was until, until they allowed me to do it. But essentially, <laughs> during my study hall block, I would go to the studio. Uh, wow. Before I could even drive, my parents would pick me up and take me to the studio. <laughs> yeah. which is That's so, so wild. cool. <laughs> so wild. They would just wow. drop me off. But I, uh, <laughs> I kept it very quiet. I didn't yeah. tell a bunch of people. Oh, you didn't go around school years. like, I'm a, I'm a music artist. Check me out. You didn't go through all that? No, no, because wow. honestly, Smart. the honest truth of it is, Smart. you know, you're protecting this part of you that's, I, Nashville bred, everybody around you is a musician, right? Everybody's yeah. doing the thing and everybody's mm -hmm. hustling and, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there's this fear, there's this, oop, I forget I have a mic on. Um, there's okay. this fear that when you do say it out loud and if, when it doesn't work, I was always very aware of what of what people were thinking of me. And I think that that really propelled the authenticity of the music I was writing and allowed me to kind of go to this private space to figure out what I wanted to say um, wow. before the world would hear it, which was really special. And I'm glad it happened that, that way. That's yeah. smart. And there's, there's so much wisdom in that. Um, and I, I think back and I say, okay, well, with all the years of vocal lessons and dance lessons, mm -hmm. I mean, your parents did it all for you in that space to get you ready. Um, yeah. You know, you reached a certain level of success, I suppose, and you thought, okay, wow, I'm really doing this. When did the light come on and it told you, I'm really doing this, this thing for real? When did that come on for you? I think the first time I stepped foot on a tour bus was, I, I think I, it, I was a senior in high school and I did a first wow. really small club tour opening up for a band and I um I just I, I remember getting on the bus in my bunk not really knowing anybody except you know the two players that I brought out on the road to to play my music with me and I just remember thinking when did this happen I'm <laughs> sleeping on a bus and playing a show in Baltimore tomorrow oh, wow. and it, it was just this crazy this crazy moment where you know you have these these little baby steps that get you closer to this goal that you have and then when you see one of the big picture moments like you know little kid Riley who dreamed of being on a tour bus when you have those light bulb moments mm -hmm. it's very surreal and yeah. if I've learned anything over the past two years specifically it's to lean in and enjoy those moments when you get to see mm. get to see dreams come into fruition it's really special that's so good that's so good and and all through those times all through those 
vocal lessons and dance lessons? Were you thinking, God, this is ridiculous, do I have to do this? Or were you excited about the opportunity to spend that much time on your craft, even as a youngster? No, I was like, I'll sleep in the theater. Let me make a palette. Let me make a palette right there and let's wake up and do it. I really felt like God put me there. I really felt like from an early age, I remember feeling like that was what, that's what the Lord was calling me to do. That's where he wanted me to be. That's what he wanted me to, you know, use my gifts for. And so at a very early age, I think that's why I loved it so much is because, you know, even before being able to articulate per, articulate it per se, mm. I understood the feeling of, you know, I, I think I'm meant to do this. I think God wants me here. Wow. Wow. That That's a blessing to be so, to know yourself in that way early on. Because a lot of the teenagers, and you speak to a lot of the generation now, who just don't know where they are. They're so lost. And I listen to your songs and I hear uh, the pleading in your your lyric to help them guide them back to a safe space, uh, to let them know they're not alone. So I, again, I appreciate your music, I always have, but as I get to know you and know the lyrics now, I know where you're coming from. It just makes me even more proud to say I know you. So good stuff, Aww, good stuff. Thank you so much, it's so kind. So, so enter then that first song that I heard from you, which was Broken Prayers. Uh, and when I first heard it, I thought, oh, someone's got a really good knack for this one. And then I found out it was, of course, was working with my boy Ted. So I'm like, okay, that sounds like him. He's amazing. So I knew that it had this, I had, it had his vibe. And I thought, I got to find out who this person is. So I called and asked him if it was you. And I'm thinking, wow, this young lady's amazing. So that was your first hit. What was the inspiration behind that song? And did you feel like it was a hit as you were writing it? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I've never been in the studio writing a song and been like, whoa, this is a hit song. I don't, I don't know. Do people do that? But I don't. I never Some have. People. I yeah. think they do. I think they probably yeah. do. But at the time, it was just, I, I was, I people was just do. writing music. And well, people that really... have been in the business for a while know when a song is going to work. You know what I mean? Which, like, I'm sure Ted can go, yes. that's going to hit. You know, he yes. knows that stuff. Ted is a brilliant producer, and he he has so much skin in the game that mm -hmm. he does have that instinct. But he's also he one of the most humble, <sighs> instinctual producers, creatives, writers. He's made. I could go on and on. And simply just kind. Simply. And I say that so. Kind. I say it with such heart because you don't know many people that are just kind for kindness' sake, and he's one of those people. Right. Yeah. I know we so. could do a we could do a whole interview a just show on Ted. Yeah, Ted. <laughs> we, would, we could never even do it justice. If we did, but he's the best. I, oh, he's, he's that such good. A yeah, mentor good. and influence in my life. So <laughs> I love me some Ted. But I'm, I'm so, well, that was the first time I got to work with Ted on a song. Is Broken Prayers. That's the first song I ever released. Um, and you know, at the time. I, I just I just remember being frustrated because I was writing I was writing a ton of music. I didn't know what was going to be the lead single, and I was still learning the industry and the business and, and the ins and outs, and still am. But at the time, I was very new to it all, and so "Broken Prayers" was kind of a plea of I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> and if I'm meant to do this, and if I'm meant to go down this path, um, God, will you just remind me that you hear? The broken prayers because I, I feel like everything is is wrong and confusing and in a very in a very simple way I, I feel like 
a lot of people can can exist in that place where they're in the middle of something that they love and where they follow their instinct to it and then things don't go to plan mm. and you're you're met with those questions for god and that that sound a whole lot like broken prayers um and then there's that there's that moment it was a light bulb moment for me when i realized that god really does hear the broken prayers and he answers them maybe not the way we think or the way we want them answered we've learned that over time see i'm 51 so now i know he answers every one of them it just may not be the way we thought it should be answered so just trust me he's listening (laughs) he's he's always listening always listening I'm, i'm trying to learn more and more to just not look for my answer but the answer make sense Yes, that makes a lot of sense, and that's a really beautifully said. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm with you, darling. We're here together. So We're yeah, here. one of that be my great songs, and, and I play it often. So I I appreciate that you wrote that, and I think a lot of young people respond to that because they're all in that space, you know, trying to figure yeah. out well, God is God listening? This is this prayer is all busted up. No one's listening. You know, we feel like that. So great to know that you're still thinking that way. Um, now. I know you did a lot of what we call the Nashville write, you know, writer, write, what do you call writing rounds, what we call them here. So yeah. a lot of people get together, that's what they, and they get together and they write together. They put together ideas and, and form these great songs. And you did a, quite a few of them over your, you know, career, yes? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, <laughs> at this point, over a thousand for sure. Exactly. So, so is that your normal process for songwriting now, or do you write alone or in a group? It's definitely changed a lot. I think early on in my early on in my career as a writer, especially writing with people, co-writing, as we call it in Nashville, uh-huh. um, I definitely being being a student, being somebody who wanted to learn and, and become a great writer, I, I leaned into the people in the room a lot. Um, instinctually, you know, I wanted to watch what these brilliant writers had, who'd been doing it for years and years and years. I wanted to see how they formulated a song, how they, you know, used the list in their head to go down, is this gonna work? Do I like this? What, what, what does it take to build a song? Um, so I, for, for, a, for many, many, many years, for many, many, many months, I just, <laughs> I soaked it up like a sponge and tried to take everything in. And of course, I still am doing that every time I walk into sessions, looking, looking around the room at talented writers and producers and artists and soaking in what they're saying. But I think over the past couple of years, as I've really become a more mature writer I have done a lot more writing on my own before sessions. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I definitely lean more into being a concept writer and just starting with a title or a theme or an idea and building it out and, you know, discovering what I want to say. And normally those ideas come to me while I'm driving or in the gym or mm-hmm. going to sleep, you name it. <laughs> and then I'll take them to the studio once I've kind of fleshed them out a bit more. But it, it's always changing, and it's always different depending on the song in the room. Wow, wow, that's awesome. That's just amazing. And you know, me, me being a songwriter as well, I know inspiration comes in all kind of crazy, funky ways. It's never oh, yeah. been like the exact same space, you know. But I love right. that you say I write the concept first, and then bring that and kind of 
expand that out. That's a great way to think about it. Well done. Well done, young, well done, young Jedi. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> which brings me to another thought, which is, you know, you are part of this younger generation. I, I look at you and, yes, you're a veteran in this game, believe it or not. You've been at it for a decade, but you were 13. You know, it's your 21 Exactly. Now. So you're still yeah. a young person to me. And when you start to put together your ideas, do you feel like you're called to write for this generation or just your story or a little bit of both? It's a great, great question. I feel like the powerful thing about music is its ability to really be this overarching communicator despite age, despite where you come from, or despite what you believe in, even. Music is this master connector. And I've always been really inspired by that. So. You know, of course, my perspective is the perspective of somebody in their early 20s or, you know, younger or whatever time that I, I wrote the song. It was it was very much authentic from the sense that I was writing it from the place I was in. But I do think that ideas often find their way to exist in the life of many people who exist in very different worlds on a daily basis. You know, I, I found that I was writing music that I would bring home and play for my mom. And mm. it was real and true to her in a different way than it was real and true to me. But nonetheless, she was able to find herself in it, which I think that's the sweetest part about music is, is that ability to meet people where they're at. But I do think that, you know, as a 21-year-old, I'm constantly learning and growing and I do want to be an authentic and honest voice for a generation that I really I really do believe needs something authentic and unformulated and raw and honest and messy and and, and real. I love that. <laughs> Cuz life is raw and messy and yeah. real. It's never in a pretty sure. package. It's never with the bow. Or if you get the bow, it could have a little dent in it or something. It's not, everything's got a blemish, right? <laughs> it seems like it's perfect till you yes. get the box home. You're like, yes, oh, you know, which which is a perfect segue to the next That's question. The truth. <laughs> because the road to your type of musical success isn't always super easy. It isn't always just, hey, we woke up here and we just did the straight line. It was just perfect. Were there moments where you felt like? Am I meant to do this? This this doesn't feel right. Did you doubt? Did you doubt ever that this was where you're supposed to be? Of course. I mean, looking back, there have been many moments I've doubted. That's the human part of me that's, you know, you have the sense of imposter syndrome as in, you know, what am I doing here? Whoa. And the honest answer to that is I'm, I exist there many days now. I think it's this this up and down cyclical thing, but I'll wake up and to this day feel like, am I supposed to be doing this? Am I doing this right? Because there's no guidebook. Yeah, so, no rule book. Uh, <laughs> no, no. And, and a lot of times there's just, you know, you, you're figuring it out as you go and you don't do everything right. You're never going to do everything right. But what is right? You know, what, what is that? What is the, what is the tick that checks off the box? So of course that's human. And I, I want to encourage everybody that, you know, even if it's not in music, if you're chasing a dream or, um, if you're chasing down a goal, yes, it is so messy. 
It is so messy. Despite whatever you see or hear or watch or look out on social media, mm. never does success or achievement happen in a straight line without feelings of falling, mm. if that makes sense. But That's I'm really so passionate well about that. I'm really yeah. passionate about that because I think that I have allowed myself to 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 be led to believe that from from looking at social media and mm -hmm. comparison and mm -hmm. it's just it's a dead end it's not real and comparison kills we know that it's not real and uh comparison you know, we, kills it's, it's that's tough and we just my amazing pastor pastor Stephen furtick elevation what's up talking to you guys out there had a, a great sermon about this just last week talking about copying culture and how we we crop what we want to see out of that person's life and try to emulate that blueprint, not knowing what's behind the scenes of how they got there. Ooh. And that just tears, it just tears people like us apart. Tells young, yeah. young people like yourself apart. When, you try, when someone's trying to crop your life and they see you on Instagram, they don't know what you've walked through. They don't know what it took for you to right. get there. So it's, it's just, it's we gotta be careful. We gotta be careful. The illusion, and we say it on this program a lot, that chasing the impossible is about telling people's story because no life is linear. It's always a left, a right, and up. It just It's never just one straight way. Right. So we try to tell that story with everyone so that people can go, oh, she didn't just wake up and become pop star tomorrow. No, it didn't happen like that. There were moments she broke down. There were moments she was hurt. There was moments she made mistakes. Am I saying this right? Help me out. Oh, say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> like, this is a pep talk for me. This is such a good reminder. I feel like it's everybody needs linear. to remind themselves of that every single day. It's so true. Important. It's true. It's true. It's true. So let's go into a little bit of a smile thing because you are on a roll with your records girlfriend and Godsend is killing it. Fighting Thank with you. me, fighting for me, one of my favorites. Uh, and uh, getting a lot of attention. Billboard heat seekers, come on, you a rocking girl. Uh, five million streams on Keep On Hoping. Wow. Wow. That means five million people saw you. They're not creepy. I was like, holy moly. Like, wow. So where do you see yourself? In the next chapter, after you're at 200 million <laughs> streams and 50 million YouTube views, where do you go from there? Wow. Great That's where you question. are right now. Where, where, what's Great next question. after that? <laughs> I'm going to keep making Lego. music and learning and being honest and authentic. I, yeah. um, I'm type A. I love a plan. But I found that so much joy in my life. Um, is found in the, the moments that are unplanned and, and so much creative joy too. So the goal is to just keep encouraging people and keep telling stories that I hope people will find themselves in and find comfort and peace or solidarity or whatever they need. So I, uh, that's the goal. That's, only, that's the only goal ever. And also mm. uh, to travel. I have the travel <laughs> bug now. So that's like oh. in front of all of my thoughts. <laughs> You're definitely a travel bug girl. When you go back on tour, it's going to be crazy, right? <laughs> and, I, and I lost you, lost your Sorry, bug. Sorry, you just froze there for a moment. Yep, you did too. So you head back on tour soon, no? I do. I do. I head yeah. back out on tour. I'll be out with the incomparable, one-of-a-kind Torrin Wells. Yes, whom I just he is adore. a beast. He is amazing. He's, he's a amazing. beast. He's crazy. <laughs> he is. And he, so he's excited. so MJ. Like, I, I hear him, and I'm like, he's so MJ. But, like, oh, he, he, it's him, but you can feel the MJ influences. I'm like, this dude is a beast. It. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm such well, a fan. Like... Go ahead. I'm just, I'm stoked to sit yeah. side stage and watch a show every night. That's going to yeah. be the highlight for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, last question for you, and just thank you for spending so much time with us. You didn't have to, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule because I know you're a busy girl. Um, this is an important one. This is an important one. I'm going to read it because I wrote this particularly for you. Okay. Um, all the lessons you've learned over the decade in the industry, is there one lesson or one thing you would tell your younger 13-year-old self to be aware of? What would it be? Oh, gosh. That's a great question. That's a really, really great question. I have so many things I would tell my younger self. I think one of the biggest ones would be stop trying to please everybody mm. because you know, the people pleaser in you is going to try to. It's going to try to, you're going to try to show up and be everything everybody needs all the time. Mm. And it's really easy to lose yourself in the middle of yeah. all of that. Yeah. So I would encourage 13-year-old Riley, I would encourage 21-year-old Riley, or anybody <laughs> else listening to this, you know, be you, put the time in because it's worth it to find out who that person is so you can show up in any room and be that person and be proud of it and, and be authentic and people can see your heart shine through. And I think that is so important and so underestimated but that that's that's been on my heart recently. So that's that's a big one. And and I I wish you could say it again exactly the same way. Maybe you can. You said be the you and put the time in to figure out who that is. So when you come into the room, you're exactly the same all the time. You don't have to try to be something new or something. That's such sage advice. You know, because some of us come in and try to be what we think the room wants us to be, and we haven't mm -hmm. taken the time to figure out who we are first, so we get lost taking on yeah. too many other, trying to please everybody, like you said, and we can't, we just right. can't. That's, that's a empty case, trying to feed it, trying to please everybody, Absolutely. never gonna do it. So great sage advice to your 13 year old self and to you 13 year olds out there, find yourself, spend some time with yourself, spend some time with God first to ask him, who do you want me to be? And then yeah. take some time with your parents and form that idea before you get into a room with people trying to pull you to be something that you're not. True. That's exactly right, exactly. So good stuff, man. Well, you have been such a joy, such a delight. You have too. I loved this. I feel like I just went to therapy, which is great. We'll take That's it. Awesome. I'm all for therapy. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> well, you've been amazing for our fans and subscribers, and I hope your fans are enjoying this too. And if you enjoy this type of content, please share it. Share it with a friend. Let someone know Raleigh was amazing because she was. And if you're looking for her on tour, what's the next stop they can find you? Or what's the place they can look up to find you? They can go to RileyClemens.com and go to the tour section of my website and they can find all the details they could ever need. Awesome. And if they want to DM you or do you have social media, you stay off that stuff. You kind of keep it simple. Oh, no, I'm all over the socials. I am. <laughs> so you can go. I'm Riley Clemens across the board. I'm easy okay. to find. So find me and slide in the DMs and let's chat. I love it. I love it. Well, darling, you again have been amazing. Thank you for spending the time with us. I appreciate you. Such a dear heart. And, and I, I will send your music out to as many people as I can to say, this is such a wholesome girl. So you, oh, just take the time to listen to this music. It'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. Thank so you. thank you, darling. Awesome. And there, see, there's that smile. There it is. <laughs>
And for all of you that took a little time to listen to the segment today, we appreciate you stopping by Chasing the Impossible. As always, if you enjoy the content you see here, please hit us with a like or subscribe to the channel. Let's get the most updated content to you as soon as it's available. And most importantly, as I tell you, please share it with a friend. We want to leave everyone uplifted, encouraged, and inspired. Have a great day to get Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.